Good morning. Welcome each and every one of you to Maple Park today. It is good to see you. I'm Pastor Adam, and it is a privilege for me today to share with you God's Word, to bring to you the transforming message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's the Holy Spirit who gathers us together. That's really our vision, is that we would be a church gathered. So thank you for gathering with us today. If you're gathering with us through the internet or uh, through the parking lot radio church or the telephone, thank you for gathering with us today. We are gathered around God's word because we believe God speaks to us through his word. His word is truth. It's truth for you. It's truth for me today. And it's more than, ju than just a true word. It's a transforming word. It's a word that comes to us uh, with power. And it's a power that, that sends us to go, to go to others uh, with the good news of the gospel. So let's uh, stand today as we begin, and we will be reading our gospel lesson. Our reading is from Mark chapter 1, beginning with the 29th verse. And immediately he left the synagogue, that is, Jesus left the synagogue and entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law lay ill with a fever, and immediately they told him about her. And he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up, and the fever left her, and she began to serve them. That evening at sundown, they brought to him all who were sick or oppressed by demons, and the whole city was gathered together at the door, and he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons, and he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. And rising very early in the morning while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him. And they found him and said to him, Everyone is looking for you. And he said to them, Let us go on to the next towns, that I may preach there also. For that is why I came out. And he came throughout all Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and casting out demons. Lord, we pray that you would come to us now in the same way that you reached out to those who were in need. I pray that you would reach out to us because today, Lord, we're in need. We are in need of you. So we invite your presence here. We invite you to speak to us today. Lord, I pray that you would give me the words that I need today to, uh, to bring to this congregation the words of hope, the words of Jesus. So, Lord, fill my mouth. And Lord, I pray that we would have ears that are open, hearts that are open to receive from you today. Ultimately, I pray that this would be to your glory and to your honor and to the furtherance of your kingdom throughout the world. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. When we look at the needs within our community, it can be overwhelming. It can be overwhelming. Homelessness, loneliness, sickness, grief. And within our own town here in Linwood, just I think three weeks ago, there was a, a fatal stabbing. Hurt and the pain of living in a broken world is overwhelming. It overwhelms us. And when we look at the hurt, and when we look at the pain of, of this world that we live in, we wonder how can we, how can we make a difference? 
and our hearts break. And we want to reach out and, and, and we, we desire to make a difference within our world. Well, what role should we play? And do, do we have anything to offer a broken world? And when I look at the world, a world that is broken, a world that is in desperate need, and when I look inside myself, when I consider uh, my own capacity, I come to the realization that my capacity to help is limited. And when I look inside of myself and, and when I consider my strength, I realize that my strength is limited. So it's overwhelming. It's absolutely overwhelming to see the needs that exist and to understand our own limited capacity and our own limited strength. But in that, we look to Jesus. And when we look to Jesus, we believe that his capacity is unlimited. And Jesus' strength is unlimited. So we, we serve a Savior, and, and we have a Savior who, who reaches out to us and reaches out to the world, and his, his capacity to help is unlimited, and his strength and his power to help is absolutely unlimited. So to understand the role that we play in this world today, in this overwhelming, uh, with the overwhelming needs that are presented to us in this world, to understand our role and the role we play in a needy world, we look no further than to Jesus. We look to Jesus. We don't look within ourselves. Because when we look within ourselves, we can only find that which is limited, but when we look to Jesus, we find unlimited strength. In Jesus, we see and believe in the Savior who reached out to those in need. And for Jesus to reach out to those in, in need, it wasn't an option for him. Jesus would not ignore the plights of, of people, of those in need, and why? Because it's within the very nature of Jesus to reach out. Jesus reaches out because that's who he is. He reaches out to heal. He reaches out to deliver. And he reaches out to save. That's who Jesus is. That's who he is to you today. He is your healer. He is your deliverer. And he is your savior. And now that we, we are transformed by Jesus through his power, through his unlimited power, we cannot help but reach out to those who are in need within our community. In the same way Jesus uh, couldn't help but reach out, we, we should be uh, following in that same uh, way of Christ that we cannot help but reach out to those who are in need. Let's take a moment to, to look at Jesus' outreach from Mark chapter 1, verses 29 through 39. In what ways did Jesus reach out in our gospel lesson? Well, Jesus reached out to heal the sick. He reached out to heal the sick. Simon, that is Peter's uh, mother-in-law, lay ill with a fever, and immediately they told Jesus about, about 
Peter's mother-in-law, and he came and he took her by the hand and lifted her up, and she was cured. Then many people within the city came to be healed, and Jesus healed their diseases. So Jesus reached out to heal the sick. Next we see that Jesus reached out to deliver the oppressed. Not only were the sick brought to Jesus, but those who were oppressed by demonic powers were brought to Jesus, and Jesus performed exorcisms. Jesus delivered people from the power, from the clutches of Satan. And then Jesus reached out to save sinners. He reached out to save sinners. Verse 38, he says, Let us go on to the next towns that I may preach there also, for that is why I came out. Jesus' ministry was about preaching the gospel. So Jesus reached out to heal the sick. Jesus reached out to deliver the oppressed. And Jesus reached out to save sinners. Let's focus on the first one. Jesus reached out to heal the sick. We're going to park here for a little while. We're going to talk about Jesus' healing ministry. Jesus' healing ministry. Did you know that in Jesus, the body is made whole. In Jesus, the body is made whole. In the same way that Jesus reached out to the apostle Peter's mother-in-law and she was healed, Jesus reaches out to you in your time of need. Are you sick in your body? Are you sick in your body? Know that Jesus is there for you to reach out to you. He's there to reach out to you in your time of need. Why the healings? Why were miracle healings a part of Jesus' ministry? In Jesus' earthly ministry, the curse of sin was being reversed. You see, with the arrival of Jesus, a new way was inaugurated. Part of the curse of sin is that inevitably our bodies will become sick and inevitably we will die. That's a part of the curse of sin, right? Illness and death are proof of humanity's brokenness. We can't stop the reality of sickness and death. Did you know that since the fall, humanity has been outwitted by sickness and death? Doctors have tried. Doctors have made many improvements, and for that we're very grateful to God. Doctors try, but ultimately they cannot win the battle against every disease. Inevitably, one day, each and every one of us, we will become sick and we will die. It's a reality of living in this fallen world. Sickness and death. But Jesus' arrival brought about a new reality. And every miracle of Jesus is proof that that something new has come and something new is on the way. Every miracle of Jesus proves that the problems that we have in our physical bodies will one day be reversed by Jesus. Each miracle of Jesus is a sign of something better to come. Every miracle of Jesus is a promise of our future resurrection hope. Every miracle of Jesus is a sign that he is indeed the promised Messiah who will one day come. And give us new resurrection life. 
and a new heaven and a new earth where all sickness will be done away with and, and death will be no more and, and sorrow will be a stranger. So every miracle of Jesus points to a new and greater reality. It's the reality that his kingdom has come and his kingdom is coming. And one day we'll be in that place where there's a new heaven and a new earth. And every miracle is like Jesus saying, a new way has arrived. A new hope, a new promise is here. But I want you to know that, that Jesus reaches out to you in your time of need. When we talk about physical healing, sometimes maybe our stress level goes up a little bit because we've been taught some false things about physical healings. I think that there are well-meaning Christians who have told people that if you have enough faith, then you'll be healed. And uh, the reason you're not healed is because you don't have enough faith. These are horrible things to say. These are horrible things to say. But I do want to say that Jesus reaches out to you in your time of need. He may not heal your physical uh, ailment. Your body may not be healed physically. Yes, sometimes miracles happen. God does still heal people miraculously. Miracles are real, but, but more often physical healings seem not to happen. And did you know that the Apostle Paul prayed for a miracle healing? The Apostle Paul prayed three times that a miracle would happen, that he would be delivered from some sort of condition. We don't know what that condition was. Some scholars think maybe he, he had eyesight problems. Other people think that he may have had some other disability. We don't know what, what Paul's struggle was. But Paul asked the Lord three times to bring healing. And you would think that if Paul prayed for healing, that, that he would have enough faith and that he would receive the healing that he would pray for. But guess what? God didn't heal the apostle Paul. Sound familiar? Sound familiar? How many times have you prayed? And you've prayed. And you've prayed. And your miracle didn't come. But let me tell you this. God didn't abandon the Apostle Paul. And God has not abandoned you. He hasn't abandoned you. God revealed to Paul that he was still at work in Paul's life. He didn't receive his healing. He didn't receive his miracle. But God did reveal to Paul that Christ was at work within his life. You know what God told Paul? In this, in this time of unanswered prayer, in this time when his miracle didn't come through, God told Paul that Jesus' grace is sufficient for him. That Jesus' grace is sufficient. And that his power is made perfect in weakness. 
Paul wasn't healed, but he was given a word of promise. A word of promise which sustained Paul. Jesus said, I'm not going to heal you, Paul, but believe this in your time of need. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. If you pray for healing and you're not healed, it's not God's fault. It's not God's fault. Some people blame God for everything. You notice that? They can't find a parking spot close enough to the front of their favorite store. They blame God for it. And other people blame themselves. They blame, they blame themselves for everything. And, and they think, maybe I'm sick. And God won't heal me because there's something wrong with me. Some people blame God for every bad thing that happens. Other people blame themselves for every bad thing that happens in life. They blame themselves because of false teachers or well-meaning Christians who have said, you don't have enough faith. You'd be healed if you had enough faith. How terrible and wicked is that to tell somebody that? The Apostle Paul gives us the answer. He gives us the answer to unanswered prayer. There is an answer to your unanswered prayers. God says, trust in me. Trust in me in the midst of your unhealed physical uh, problem or whatever problem you're facing in life. Trust in me. My grace is sufficient for you in your time of need. My power is made perfect to sustain you and to keep you through whatever difficulty you're facing in life today. Now imagine if God did heal every disease. I come down with a cold. Lord, heal me. It's automatically healed. I break my leg. I say, God, heal my leg. Automatically my leg is healed. Imagine if we never had to struggle with anything in life. Then we wouldn't learn the power of his grace sustaining us. And the power uh, of his grace making us strong through our difficulties in life. We would never learn to trust in the Lord for daily, hourly, and moment-by-moment -moment strength. Did you know that the unhealed believer trusting in the Lord for daily strength has a tremendous opportunity to experience something very profound from Jesus? And that's his, Jesus' ability to sustain us in the midst of our difficulty. God will never waste a painful experience. He will use every unanswered prayer as an opportunity to experience his power being made perfect in our weakness and the sufficiency of his grace in, in, in the midst of our complete and total insufficiency to really deal with anything in life. Bottom line. Healing or no healing, God wants to be glorified through both. God's desire is that he would be glorified by both. So if God heals you, he wants you to give him the glory and to use that miracle healing as an opportunity to point to God and to say to the world, look how good our God is. And if he doesn't heal you, he wants you to give him the glory. 
He wants you to give him the glory and to show the world, look at how good my God is. His grace is sufficient for me in the midst of my weakness, in the midst of my pain. And he's a God who sustains me and he keeps me. And he empowers me even when things happen in my life that are difficult and hard. He wants us to show the world that God is good in miracle healings and when God chooses not to heal us. Bottom line, physical healing. A physical healing is a witness to the goodness of Jesus. But a person not healed, yet sustained by God's grace through sickness is a very profound witness to the goodness of God. So Jesus reaches out to you in your time of need. Jesus reached out to heal the sick, and he's reaching out to you today. Could it be that he has a miracle for you today? Absolutely. Or could it be that he has something far different for you? The experience of him sustaining you through your difficulty. So he reached out to heal the sick because he cares for those who are sick. He, he reached out to deliver the oppressed, those who were oppressed by Satan, and he reached out to save sinners. So Jesus reaches out to deliver the oppressed. Jesus silences Satan, and oftentimes we, we hear the voice of the enemy in our ears. Ultimately, the enemy wants, us, wants to cause us to no longer trust in the Lord, to doubt the Lord, uh, to not believe that the word of the Lord is true, but Jesus comes and Jesus silences Satan. In our gospel lesson today, in Mark chapter 1, Jesus would not permit the demons to speak. He would not permit them to speak. And we pray, Lord, do not let the enemy whisper into my ear. Do not let him speak lies to me. Did you know that the enemy is defeated and silenced by Jesus? When Jesus would minister, he would battle with the enemy. When demons came face to face with Jesus, the demons always bit the dust. Have you noticed that? Have you read the Gospels? They don't stand a chance against Jesus. Today, Jesus is still silencing and winning the battles against the devil on your behalf. So Jesus reached out to heal the sick. He reached out to deliver the oppressed. He's doing the same thing today. And Jesus reaches out to save sinners. Through the proclamation of the gospel, through the preaching of the gospel, the good news was preached. There is forgiveness of sin. There is everlasting life. And it's in Jesus. Do you sense the guilt and the weight of your sin? The good news of the gospel is this. In Jesus, your sin is forgiven. And through trusting in Jesus, you have the gift of everlasting life. Jesus' outreach. In what ways did Jesus reach out? He reached out to heal the sick, to deliver the oppressed, those oppressed by Satan, and to save sinners. We need Jesus. We need Jesus. I need Jesus. You need Jesus. Our community needs Jesus. This world needs Jesus. And what we read about in Mark 1 is 
what this world needs. But how can we possibly make a difference? How can I make a difference in somebody's life with the message of the gospel? When we look at the needs within our community, it can be overwhelming. Again, homelessness. Something like between 500 and 1,000 kids within our school district who are homeless. It's overwhelming. It's heartbreaking. Loneliness, and I think loneliness is compounded now as a result of this uh, pandemic and sickness. Not only the sickness that comes from the virus, but sicknesses that are happening even in the midst of the virus. Sicknesses like cancer and dementia. We could go on and on. And then the grief that follows. The grief that so many people experience because of living in a broken world. The hurt and the pain of living in this broken world is overwhelming. It is overwhelming. So when I look at all the needs and all the demands that I'm aware of in our world, what role should I play? Can I do anything? So I look within myself. And guess what happens when I look within myself? I say, there's no way. There's no way that God can use me to make a difference in other people's life in Jesus' name. And I doubt myself because when I look deep inside, I see my failures. I see my sinfulness. I see my inconsistency. I see that I'm limited and that I don't really have the strength. And that's why we as disciples of Jesus, we need to stop looking inside of ourselves. Because we're not going to find the answers to what we need and, and the answers to what this world needs by looking within. That's what the world tells us to do. The world tells us to look within. And if we look deep enough within us, we'll find an abiding strength there that can overcome anything. But as we as Christians, we know, we know better. We know that we don't look within ourselves. We look to Jesus. We look to Jesus. And if we look within, we'll see failure, sin, inconsistency. We'll see limited capacity, limited strength. So we need to look to Jesus. It's only when we turn to Jesus, trusting in him alone, that we're able to then turn to a broken world with the greatest news ever. And what I offer to the world, and what you offer to the world, is not what you have, but who Jesus is, and what Jesus has given to you. Jesus, the one who comes and touches those who are sick. Jesus, the one who delivers the oppressed from Satan's clutches. Jesus, the Savior who forgives and gives everlasting life. So I want to make a difference in Jesus' name. I want to see unbelievers. I want to see them experience that, that touch of Jesus in the midst of their problems. To be delivered and to be saved. But I can't do it. I don't have the power to do it. And church, I'm not perfect, but I'm learning. I'm learning to no longer look inside myself to see what I have to offer, but to look to Jesus alone. Because I've come to understand that Jesus is my healer. 
He is my healer. In the midst of the problems that I've faced in life, I have seen him continually sustain me and keep me through the difficulties that I face. Whether it's anxiety or whether it's some other medical issue that pops out of nowhere like an appendicitis. He's the one who sustains me. And he's the one who delivers me when Satan whispers into my ear. And so often, sometimes I'll go for weeks listening to those lies. And then the word of God comes. The truth of Jesus comes. And Satan is silenced. Then I look and I say, God, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy of you. I'm not worthy of the gift of the cross. Then he comes to me with his word of forgiveness. But that's what the cross is about. The cross is about your forgiveness, which is free and full. So we we don't look within ourselves to see what we have to offer to the world. We look to Jesus, and and there we learn what, what Jesus has to offer the world. And this is why prayer is so, so vital. Because it's through the ministry of prayer... It's through our time of prayer that we gain the strength that we need. And Jesus set this example in verse 35 of Mark 1. And rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. If Jesus, true God in human flesh, needed to pray, how much more do we need to pray? This is why prayer is vital. Because when we pray, We're saying, Lord, I invite you into my weakness. I invite you into my struggle. I invite you into my limited capacity, into my limited strength. And I invite you to to make your power, uh, to make your power to be made evident in my life and to sustain me and to keep me. So when we look at the needs within our community, it's overwhelming. The hurt and the pain of living in a broken world is overwhelming. And considering all the needs and the demands that we're aware of in our world, what role should we play? All we can do is offer them Jesus. One person at a time. One conversation at a time. One interaction at a time. May we give them Jesus. My capacity is limited. Jesus' capacity is unlimited. My strength is limited, but Jesus' strength is unlimited. Unlimited power. Unlimited strength for the world today. Let us pray. Lord, thank you for coming to us. Thank you for reaching out to us. Thank you for healing us. Maybe it wasn't a physical healing, but you did indeed heal our hearts by demonstrating that your strength is made perfect in our weakness and that your power uh, is what really sustains us. And Lord, I pray that, that as we encounter Jesus through your word and through the gift of prayer, that we then, after being empowered by you, would turn to our world in every interaction, every conversation, every person that we encounter, Lord, I pray that we would give them Jesus. Give them Jesus in a smile. Give them Jesus uh, through a cup of cold water, some act of kindness and of help. And to give them Jesus through the word of our testimony, through our witness, through our words. 
It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.